Welcome to a very special episode of Light of Christ. I'm Jennifer Drow, Senior Director of Communications for the Diocese of Orlando, and today we're talking reconciling veterans. It's no secret military men and women often leave active duty with physical or psychological injuries that can require a lifetime of rehabilitation. But what we often don't speak about are the moral and spiritual injuries many veterans sustain while serving. The Diocese of Orlando is committed to supporting these men and women, and we welcome two very special guests to help unpack the work ahead of us. First up, Deacon Joe Gassman, a 22-year Navy veteran and current Secretary for Leadership and Parish Life in the Diocese. Hi, Deacon. Hi. (laughs) Deacon Joe was ordained in 2009 and currently serves at Annunciation Parish in Altamont Springs. He's also a devoted husband, father, and grandpa. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. We also have with us Steve Smith, a fellow Navy vet who currently serves on the Orlando Housing Authority Board of Commissioners. Steve is also a member of the American Legion, the Veterans of Foreign Wars, and he's a parishioner of St. Charles Borromeo Catholic Church in Orlando. Welcome, Steve. Good to be here and with Grandpa Deacon Joe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what Steve hasn't told you, he's also a husband father. His wife teaches at Good Shepherd Catholic School and all of his children had a Catholic education too. So I'm so happy to have both of you guys here on the show today. I come from a military family myself. My father served 20 years in the Navy. My brothers both did short stints in the Air Force. So I was very interested when you brought this topic to us. Deacon, let's start with you. Why is it so important to address this topic, reconciling veterans right now? What do we mean by that? You know, oftentimes, you know, when it was brought to me by Steve and Adam that this was an idea they wanted to do. It just brought the flood of memories back on how, you know, I had the benefit of finding myself spiritually again while I was still in the military. But I recognized also that walk was a little rough, you know. It, it took an awful lot to be able to to go to confession that first time after you'd been along. I'd been away from the church for 10 years before I finally realized something more important. There was that hole that existed within me. And so I had to, I made that journey back early, but I also know that some of my friends, friends in arms, haven't made that journey back yet. And was it a a fellow military member who helped you find your way or you kind of navigated that on your own? Uh, The beauty of it is my wife led me back. That's awesome. That's awesome. (laughs) My wife and children. I mean, my children were just starting to be born. So we were just starting our family. And then you come to the realization that, okay, it's, it's no longer about me, myself, and I, mm-hmm. but it's there's more to community. Steve, Deacon Joe says you brought him this idea. What was burning in your heart and your mind to get this started? Well, there's everybody wants to support the troops. And, you know, I think there's a varying degrees of ability to do that, depending on what your background is. Most people perceive that to be either monetary support or it's support in some way associated with their disability or or something that occurred while they were active duty. And me personally, I had my biggest challenge was, was none of those things. It was spiritually. And I thought after all these years, I'd still ran across people who were reluctant to re-engage with the church. Probably their best source of counseling, their best source of support was right in front of them, but they were reluctant to do that. And it's in large part because of what Deacon Joe mentioned. I think there's things that occur while you serve that sometimes make it difficult for you to 
accept yourself again as a spiritual person. Very interesting. You guys sent out a letter to the whole diaconate, you know, asking for their support and saying really that a Catholic veteran is just one confession away from regaining the state of grace God wants us all to experience. Tell us a little bit more about that. Because I've been ordained, because I've found my faith again, the realization of how much God truly loves us is right before us. But unfortunately, we're so busy beating ourselves up for past wrongs, for sins, and some of them that we feel are just unforgivable. You know, as a human person, we are extremely weak in that aspect. So we figure ourselves unworthy. You hear it all the time, even amongst ministers. I'm unworthy to do this, that, and the other thing. No, God made us worthy. He's always had the invitation there. All you got to do is go step in and say, I'm sorry. And then you can be released and freed to enjoy his fullness. True. And probably not just even veterans, but maybe people who are currently serving. Oh, I would agree. You know, yeah. you know, the military, it's unfortunate, I think, a lot of times that there is such a strain on the chaplaincy in the military. There's a shortfall. There's especially a shortfall in Catholic. We are so blessed in the Diocese of Orlando to have two men, one that's already ordained, mm-hmm. Father Dorsey, who's went into his active service, and then Deacon Adam, who will be ordained and then head off to the service. I mean, that's our contribution. That's a huge contribution for the shortage of priests even here back at home. Mm-hmm. Steve, oftentimes people say there's a kind of a loss of camaraderie. Military men and women, rather, leave the service, that void of fellowship, if you will. You and Deacon Joe plan to address that in a retreat coming up this November on Veterans Day weekend. Share some of what you have planned for that, how you envision that. Well, first of all, I just want to go back to what Deacon Joe said about being forgiven. That's the whole purpose of us planning this event. You know, Deacon Joe's got that great quote about you're just one confession away from, you know, being back in the grace. And um, part of the the challenge is, and I I, I say this to people, and I know it sounds kind of nerdy, but it's got to do with moral hazard. As part of your job in the military, you may encounter moral hazard. So let's say you're an Army infantryman and you're faced with a life or death decision about somebody who could be, let's say you're in Afghanistan and it's an insurgent and they're not wearing a uniform. Is that person a civilian? Or, and let's say you, you, you make a decision to take that person's life. Well, then there's a moral hazard that you have to face. But what, what I'm more concerned about are all those moral hazards that exist, you know, sort of ancillary to your, to your job. The military does a really good job of putting you in those moral hazards as you de-stress from your real job. And, and we're using some euphemisms here, but some of those things are substance abuse related. Some of those things are sexually related. Let's just be candid here. And I think what Deacon Joe and I both realize as veterans is that there's probably a lot of guys out there that are in the same situation. They've done things that they don't want to admit to, either part of their active duty service or in, in support or surrounding their active duty service. And they just, they just need to be put in a situation where they're around people of their ilk and put them and lead them to that sacrament again because that sacrament of reconciliation is the key to a full um, you know, re-entry in, into the church uh, for someone who's, who's lapsed. I noticed on the schedule for the day coming up in November, also adoration. 
there's something about being in the presence, you know. So as we have this talk that kind of allows them to realize the opportunity that lays before them, and then you open up adoration to allow that to sink in while the, while the men are going or women are going to reconciliation to be cleansed. And then to come back and sit before Jesus cleansed and then longing for that mass now to be able to fully participate in the community of faith again it's just my hair standing up on end well the sacramental part but i mean deacon joe's he when we first brought him this you know he's a listener which is why he's so good at his job but he listened to me this isn't the first time we tried this we tried this last year and i got way ahead of myself and he listened and he said you know he made it more sacramental at first i wasn't considering it to be as sacramental as, as he was and there's this examination of conscience well first of all there's you know there's a testimonial component then there's a examination of conscience because what i want to be able to do i want to put these men and women where hopefully their women will attend also in a position where they're going to have an example of somebody who's kind of been through the same thing then we do an examination of conscience and say you know you need to be honest about you know what and, and i like the 10 commandment one there's several different like examination of conscience mm-hmm. guides because mm-hmm. that one's really good about you know, thou shalt not kill. What does that mean? That basically mm-hmm. means doing injury to anyone, whether it be physically, mentally, emotionally. You got to really think hard about what you've done and how it's affected other people, right? Mm-hmm. Then you have adoration. And I, the best way, someone told me this a long time ago, because I never really did it as a young person. I was an adult before I ever attended the adoration. And it was just for a short period of time. And I said, well, what are you doing there? You know, what do you, what do you do? What do you think about? Well, you can say the rosary or whatever. And I had this older guy come up to me and he said, I look at him and he looks at me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's like the, the most basic way to describe mm-hmm. it. But so what Deacon Joe's saying is we're going to put them in a situation where he's looking at them and they're looking at him. Mm-hmm. They're going to go through reconciliation. They're going to go back and they're going to say, I'm still here looking at him, looking at you. <laughs> and now we can move on with life. And it's, you know, it's all sort of a reset button. Sure. And we're doing it in the context of a buddy system. And, you know, the first time it was just like, well, let's get guys that are wounded and just get them into the chapel and we'll, we'll make everything all better. And, <laughs> yeah. and you know, the, the more I thought about that over the year, mm-hmm. it's like, well, wait a minute. You know, there, there's when when I was in situations where I was in the battalion where we were paired together. We had fire teams. We had squads. And, and we did everything to make sure that everyone made the maneuver. Everyone was going to come back. We didn't leave anybody behind. Spiritual warfare is no different. You've got to have somebody that's walked the walk, that has received the blessing and the freedom that comes along with that one confession that pushes you over the edge and says, I don't want to go back to who I was. I've been washed clean. Seems like a strong plan to combat that that moral spiritual pain that can be often very dark and lonely. Right. You know. And and we're talking about guys probably that that are not necessarily all into their like a nation of spirituality where we can walk them through a forty week program that says really get in touch. This is this is just going to be the tip of the iceberg to give them that initial sense of freedom. There's going to be have to be an opportunity for that buddy to walk with them in life now. There's 329 million people in the country, 18 million are veterans. So we're a demographic minority to begin with. And then as Deacon Joe mentioned earlier, you know, the 
the Christian component of that. I was just in uh, National Cemetery over uh, Memorial Day weekend. My parents were actually buried in a National Cemetery. And when I went there, I just looked and scanned across all the headstones, and there's mostly crosses. I mean, there's, yeah. there's very few that aren't. But there were long periods of time, especially on deployment, where I never saw a priest. You know, we just didn't have priests. We had Christian chaplains, right? Mm-hmm. but they couldn't give you the sacraments, right? And for better or worse, the evangelicals who were in our midst were certainly not supportive of that Catholic sacramental practice. So we went long periods of time without seeing a priest, without having communion. It's pretty easy to lose you know, the habit if you're not doing it all the time. So... Mm-hmm. Some of these folks that we're going to see, they may not have been to Mass in years. They may not have been to confession. I mean, since it's a confirmation. Since, <laughs> since before, when they got first communion. I mean, right. or yeah. since confirmation. I mean, it's really, and I don't know how much time you have, how much time we have today, but I, I always like to share my personal experience. And it's, I think that's part of what we're, we're trying to do. But my personal experience was one of um, lapsing badly and then having. You know, Deacon Joe mentioned it was his wife. Well, I had an experience where I was on deployment, and we were in Hong Kong Harbor, of all places. You know, certainly not the most Catholic uh, place in the world. And uh, we were anchored out. Uh, Hong Kong, you, you can't tie up to the pier. It's not deep enough. So we were anchored out, and we were on watch, and I got a phone call from the shore from the captain saying he wanted me to take a boat and go pick up this guy who was on the pier. And I said, can't somebody else do that? No, I want you to do it. Okay. So we got some guys and we were armed because we didn't know what to expect. Right. So we go pick this guy up and he looks pretty disheveled. He kind of reminded me of some character from like um, Harry Potter or something. He had like that Harry Potter kind of cape thing. on, Right. So I pick him up, get him back to the ship. He's, 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 I realize when he gets off the captain's gig and gets on the ladder that he's a priest. I could Mm. just tell, I could, I said, hello, you know, he's Irish lilt in his voice. <clears throat> I said, uh, took him to the wardroom, you know, it's where the officers eat on the ship. And I said, uh, can we get you something to eat? Can we get you a shower? Can we get you some clean clothes? And he goes, no. I said, well, what would you like to do? And he reaches in and takes out a stole, the little bitty stole, the ones mm-hmm. that they take, the portable stole. Mm-hmm. And he puts it on. And he says, I want to say mass. I haven't said mass in weeks because I've been incarcerated. You know, he was locked up by the government and they just let him go. Huh. So he hasn't eaten. You can tell he's been kind of abused. I couldn't see bruises or anything, but I could tell he was in bad shape. He wants to say mass. I thought that was pretty interesting. He goes, can you pass the word? Can you put over the announcement? Can you make an announcement that we're going to have mass in the wardroom? And I said, sure. It was late at night. You know, probably people weren't too happy about that. You know. <laughs> I passed the word. I, I passed the word, and I said, Catholic mass is now being held in the wardroom. And nobody came. I was the only one. He goes, you're Catholic, right? And I said, Yes, Father, I am. He goes, would you hear the Mass? Did I forget something? <laughs> what did I forget? No, that, you're good. Oh, okay. Yes, I, he's heard the story about get, 50 he's times. He's getting to the good part. <laughs> he's, getting to, he's, getting, he's getting to the good part. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm starting to say, how am I going to say the good part? Uh, okay, so he has. He says the Mass, and we had to get him We had to get him wine, and we had to get him some government-issued bread for the, mm-hmm. the host. And uh, he says the Mass, and I think I'm, I'm in good shape. I said, Father, do you, would you like to get dinner now? And no. He slaps the table. He goes, when was the last time you went to confession, young man? <laughs> and my, oh, eyes, my eyes were like gigantically big, I'm sure. And I said, well, Father, it's been like a really long time. And he goes, I've got a really long time. 
<laughs> so for like the next yeah. hour, he just had this conversation with me about, you know, tell me exactly what you did. Like, well, I can't really because, no, you can. Tell me exactly what happened. So I told him and I told him and I told him. And finally at the end, it, he said, you know, I, I forgive you of your sins. And he gave me absolution. And he said, now I can eat because you now are have the grace of God. You know, I just was like, eh, you know, <laughs> and and so on the way back from that cruise, we went to the Philippines again, which mm-hmm. is full of moral hazard. Mm-hmm. And um, I took some of the crew and we went on horseback up to this village and built a gazebo for this this rural village mm-hmm. only because I had admitted that I had engaged in these moral hazards. And I now I was like, I can't do it again because, you know, not. That was a life-changing experience for me, and it's been that way ever since. How amazing. My father served on the USS Midway during the Gulf War, and um, he'd be one of the only ones who would show up for Mass. He was a Eucharistic minister. But the priest would just look around and say, I guess it's just the three of us today, you, me, and Jesus. <laughs> and they would do it. <laughs> yeah. You know? It was very special to him. So you were in Japan then? Yes. Midway was, yes. Midway was home port of... Yokosuka. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Were you born there? No, no, no. I was elementary school little bit of middle school. They got an American school there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been there. We went there. We broke down on one of those cruises and we had to go there to get fixed. Yeah. (laughs) It was an interesting time and you know, my my dad was gone a lot of the time, but you know, mom made it work. She found us a house off base and all of that. But um, Was he a pilot? He's JAG attorney. Oh. Yeah. So I guess he had to go in and clean up after all those dockings and people got in trouble. <laughs> we had some of those. We had some of those. Uh, yeah, yeah. We had some. We had some. Talk about moral hazard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some, some bad ones. Yeah. But Thailand, we had a couple guys get shot and killed by the local police. Yeah. It's, it's um, dangerous. It's rough. But you guys aren't just looking for hurting veterans. You guys, from what I understand, are looking for people who might be able to help you in the healing process. Is that correct? Right. The, the, yeah. You know. I think they brought it to me because they realized that deacons and our connection to the community are, you know, a lot of, a lot of deacons are veterans already, that they know the benefits and the, and the freedom that you experience in, in practicing our faith to its full. Mm-hmm. And therefore, they're logical companions or buddies, battle buddies, spiritual battle buddies for the men and women that we're looking for. Sure, that one confession could get you started, but there's always somebody... That voice There's always squeaking that in your ear. Yeah, I'm not worthy. I'm still not worthy. Right. You know, I need my buddy. Yeah. Well, it took me years and years and years to figure out, you know, okay, after f- confessing the same sin over and over <laughs> and over, because I don't think I did it right enough the first time right. that, yeah. that I finally found the right priest, the right spiritual director to say, but you just get over it. Right. right. And no, seriously, live. I forgive you, right? Yeah. 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 yeah the, guy, the, guy that cra- the guy cracked me up was the... Uh, this was at St. Patrick's in D.C., which is the pastor of St. Patrick's in D.C., is the chaplain for the police and fire in D.C. That's part of their job. So they're not really the traditional pastoral pastor. You know, they're a little bit more edgy. Every year I go to a conference there in February, and every year I go there to Mass, and I go to confession, and I got Monsignor, this, the chaplain, and he's just like, what is, stop. He goes, just stop. He goes, didn't you tell me the same thing last year? And I was like, uh, yes, sir. He goes, are you doing anything about it? Or are you just going to keep it coming in here every year? I was, like, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, well, you know, he goes, uh, no. He goes, this, you know, you're done with that. It's over. Go move on. You know, so I think it's pretty, I think that's a, also a very common, uh, you know, sort of a common emotion is that you, even though you've said 
you're sorry that you you're not really it, it can't go away mm-hmm. and what we're saying is it can go right. away. sure okay so deacon joe you're gonna have the battle buddies you're gonna have these teams that are gonna bond at the retreat and spend time with the lord but then your hope is that they continue working together on future service projects I would love to see community. I mean, everything mm-hmm. about the military was about the community. It was about the unit. I want to bring that back. It can be the same. That, that's what our Catholic community is. I mean, I spend you know, this weekend preaching about we are the church, mm-hmm. and we're the ones that are supposed to go out united in the risen Christ to share our story. That's what it's all about. If we can't walk with each other once we leave the church, there's a problem. We're broken, but we're healing together, and we're going yes. out to pay it forward to someone. We're all wounded healers. You know, you got to love Henry Nowen's book, yeah. The Wounded Healer. We're never going to be perfect. So if you go back to what I said earlier about the stress and then the, the post-stress, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about PTSD. I'm talking about while you're on active duty. So I never, no one ever fired at me in anger, but I put myself in a position where there were missiles aimed at me in the Persian Gulf, right, straight to mm-hmm. Hormuz and... I was part of all those tanker escorts, and they were certainly aimed at me. They never shot them, but, you know, you still feel the stress, right? So that those moral hazards were never of, of making those decisions about taking somebody's life were never there. But the stress was still there, right? So those things, those moral hazards that exist subsequent to that, you know, when we got to the beach and got out and consumed alcohol and did dumb stuff, right, which is just candidly what, what happened, um, there's, those were still there. Now, in civilian life, the stresses aren't there, but the other things are still there. Yeah. So these guys, they, they, they're trying to fill that stressor part with something else. And a lot of times those things are, are not socially acceptable. So right. what we're saying is let's give them some opportunities to serve not just themselves, but the broader community with um, we've thought about, uh, in fact, Deacon Adams has been very helpful with those kind of ideas. Um, but we're, we're still trying to figure that out. But we're going right. to leave it kind of up to them to tell mm-hmm. us how they want to How, how they, they want to pursue their life after mm-hmm. they've been reunited with God in his community. Where to put some of those energies. Right. Yeah. You know, some of the positive energies instead of self-medicating. Maybe it's there's a way that we can walk with each other. Very similar to an AA program where Mm -hmm. you've always got an accountability buddy. Mm -hmm. I think it's great, and and not just to help the veterans, but also I'm sure the families of these hurting veterans get Mm -hmm. some some fallout there. Well, we we talked about that. We talked about whether that was a good source of referrals because Mm -hmm. we've got – I was not – I did not move back to the same town with my parents when I left active duty. I I went somewhere else, and therefore I didn't have the – that suggestion all the time or you know my it was like the auxiliary vatican in my house man you got a <laughs> certain <laughs> and it was like the checklist by the door who went to mass at what time you know you know it was very, yeah. it was pretty bad right so then I, I, you know, i'm gonna go home i'm gonna have to go to mass every you know, oh my god so yeah. i didn't i didn't i didn't have that but i think that um had i had that i think my parents would have realized that there was probably some some stuff i needed to clear up you know yeah. And it's having that a yeah. person that can recognize that yeah. there's some stuff that needs to be cleared up. Sure. We're trying to sure. facilitate the return to the sacraments yeah. and the full embodiment mm-hmm. of a life of faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you can get two of the sacraments in one day that you may not have had, it's only two. 
I guess theoretically somebody could get which, married. Which that one day. are you looking for? <laughs> no, I, I, well, well, you're not going to give the. I blessing. think we put in. <laughs> you're not going to yeah. baptize. I don't think you could theoretically. Well, well, you could theoretically could baptize really. someone or marry somebody on that no, day. I too. don't think there's there's a different process for that, please. <laughs> but we're definitely sacrament of reconciliation. We're probably going to do an anointing, you know, because an mm-hmm. anointing is a powerful symbol. Right. You know, a lot of people don't understand that you can have that. Many times throughout your life, right? Right. Don't have to be near dead or And dying. then the celebration yeah. of the Mass. Wonderful. Well, you're going to do the blessing of the sick, too, you think? Yes. Oh, I, I didn't realize that. These are sick men and women. All right. Yeah. So then you're going to get three that day. Yeah. You could get three sacraments on the same Three day. sacraments at once. Definitely worth showing up. we got to give them a view of the mountaintop experience. Yep. So they can have the opportunity to survey the land. Mm-hmm. Too many of these men and women are in the valley that's a good point. That's I think that's that's a very accurate. That's why we're back to the beginning with the support the troops. What do you really when you say that? Like when you see the yellow, which I see less of now, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. The yellow ribbons on the mm-hmm. back of cars when they say support. What, what does that mean? Like what are you really doing? Sure. You're just saying you're patriotic, or are you actually doing something about it? I guess maybe that's where I was. You know, sort of mm-hmm. not really doing anything about it. Now I do belong to these organizations, but they drink and smoke and gamble and bingo more, more all, all those things that you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so i think we were trying to find an alternative oh, no. <laughs> we we're trying to find an alternative right and, mm-hmm. and i think the alternative is you know why worry why don't you worry about your soul a little bit mm-hmm. you know although there's such a dichotomy there growing up with my father and and seeing other men in the military etc the the tough and almost sterile and stoic you know i am a i'm a warrior to break that down and admit that you know, I'm hurting inside. Must must be hard. And it's tip- unfortunately, it's typically when there's a life crisis, right? It's not going to be, oh, I just got a new job. Yeah, that's great. Oh, I'm having a problem with my spiritual life. Oh, no, no. It's going to be when, you know, I just got arrested for DWI and, mm-hmm. you know. and Just lost another friend. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody died. It's, it's my, my, what do they call it? My death day anniversary or somebody's death day anniversary or... Mm-hmm. There's just so many ways to get in the valley, and I think what we're trying to say is there's there are there are non-pharmaceutical opportunities to get out of the valley. They already exist. If you're baptized a Catholic, you, it exi- you're you already have it. You're part of the team. You're on the team, baby. Let's get a uniform. Deacon <laughs> has a uniform. I like it. <laughs> so let's talk about the date. It's coming up this fall. November 9th. November 9th. At right. San Pedro Center. Yes. In the chapel. So the whole thing is centered in the chapel. The okay. talks, the adoration, the reconciliation, mm-hmm. the healings, and the mass. And the bishop is coming. <laughs> well, he's on the schedule. <laughs> and according to Deacon Joe, he's very pastoral. So we're hopefully he will he's be there. He's extremely pastoral. To be think, a pastor. You know, when, when you think about Bishop Noonan... He enjoys the reconciliation. He enjoys reaching the person that just longs to be back. And he has, and there's plenty of priests within, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to ask the right priest because this is going to be a very delicate thing. And we're going to do a few little military flourishes too. I think we're going to get maybe sea cadets over there and they direct traffic and they salute every car with a sharp salute. And it's like, oh, wow, this, this is real deal, mm-hmm. man. Like, They'll have lunch with the diaconate cohorts that are in formation that weekend. 
Wonderful. So they'll have an opportunity to mingle with community that are all discerning a path with God. If I'm not a veteran and I'm not going to this retreat in November, how can someone like myself, my family, support you guys in your efforts? It was interesting when when we were on the cusp of doing it last year and I was at San Pedro Center talking to one of the staff members there. She's not connected with the military, but she knew somebody in her congregation that was hurting. And she says, if you do this, let me know so that I can walk with him and bring him. That's what it's all about. Yeah, I'm a little surprised he didn't say pray for us because I figured that would be the first thing he would say. Pray for these people, but I'll do it. Okay, first, thing, <laughs> first thing you can do is pray for us that we, that we have a successful. He told a very nice story. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we're, I mean, we're Catholic. So I mean, what we should... do best, pray for you. <laughs> first thing you can do, Jen, is yes, have the members of the diocese pray for a successful event second they could make referrals for right. current current or former military members who they feel would benefit from the program and they may be sitting in the pews with them yeah mm-hmm. you'll notice that they don't go to the sacrament hmm. i don't like, suppose i've ever looked at that veterans day if you yeah. go on a veterans day mass a veterans day weekend mass and they ask the veterans to stand you will see a lot of veterans stand that, A, you didn't realize were veterans, mm-hmm. and B, they're not participating. They're not fully participating. And I think right. they're, it's sort of they're that. present. There's a longing, but they're not. Yeah, they're, they feel, once again, like they, they're not worthy to participate. And we're trying to, I think that's, and I think what we tried to tell the bishop, and I think Deacon Joe told the bishop, is what if we get one guy to turn around? I mean, if one guy, turns around i mean we're we, it's worth the whole it's worth the whole thing to me sure that would be great the benefits to you guys even going out and then sharing and only boosts your spirituality trying to help others and reach out oh you know? it's you know the older you get the more you you realize you've you've probably not done as much as you could do he's mm-hmm. done it i mean he got ordained <laughs> I, I feel unworthy next to him sometimes but, stop um <laughs> You know, the challenge is no matter what level you are, how long you've been doing it, how holy you may look, mm-hmm. there is a struggle internally. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, I mean, we did talk about, you know, you walk away with some damage, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, morally, spiritually. But there had to have been something in the military that you walked away that was beneficial, obviously. There's a longing for community, camaraderie. That never goes away. So speaking of praying for one another and keeping each other uh, close to the heart, Deacon Joe, do you mind leaving us with a closing prayer and a, and a blessing? Sure. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious God, we lift our hearts, our minds, always to you who are most merciful. Your unfathomable divine mercy always welcomes, always encourages us to bring those that are most in need that you would forgive the grievous sins of our lives to truly free us to understand and embrace and bask in your ever-present love for each and every one of us. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you to touch the hearts of those who would like to walk with a hurting veteran, a veteran needing reconciliation. Dear Heavenly Father, we hope that this message will reach the hearts 
of those that have carried these spiritual wounds with them for so long. Dear Heavenly Father, and that at the climax of the Mass, that you will truly set them free and give them a vision of hope that they've always longed for. And we ask you to bless each and every one of us, all of our service members that are currently serving. We ask you to bless them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So thank you all for listening to Light of Christ. For more information on the upcoming Reconciling Veterans Retreat, we'll be posting updates on OrlandoDiocese.org and all of our social media accounts for the diocese, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For now, we wish you peace, love, and joy.